Welcome to the Venture Sprout Podcast, where we feature spin-ups and new co's started by hospitals and health systems that are Vizient members. I'm your host, Crystal Mollis, Vice President of Digital, Virtual Experience, and Ventures at Vizient. In this episode, we will feature DexCare, a distributed care and digital health platform developed by Providence Health. Chris Pagano, SG2 Senior Consulting Director for Intelligence, will moderate today's session. Thanks, Crystal. All right. Welcome back to our discussion with Sara Vaizi from Providence and Derek Street, CEO of DexCare. For those who maybe haven't heard it, there is a part one to this session. So would encourage those listening, if you haven't had an opportunity to go through that, really outstanding information in there, really wonderful story about the initial launch of DexCare and how Providence has been successful with that. So let's kind of look at the bigger picture here for a minute. You're bringing this really interesting solution to market. You've obviously had success utilizing it within Providence. How does this change how the market thinks of digital health overall? I would say that we're helping the market think through this real time. Things are accelerated so much in our lives the last 10 months, 11 months. It's easy to forget that it was less than a year ago that, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, people weren't really using a lot of this digitally enabled care. And it was sort of a check the box kind of point solution strategy that health systems implemented because that's what consumers were still spending the vast majority of their time coming in into clinic visits and so forth. And so the world, of course, changed, but that kind of change overnight has really been just getting folks caught up on just providing the capability. And that's led to all the attendant kind of shortcomings that Sarah and I are talking about here today. So the market is coming along, but it requires a fair amount of education too about thinking smarter about how you make digital care work as opposed to just getting capability in place. It is a lot to ask of folks to go from zero to 100 miles an hour kind of overnight when normally you would take a more sort of gradual ascent to these things, but it's not an option at this point. I mean, the one thing we haven't talked about on this call is, and I think DexCare is one of the things that's helped make Providence competitive in this light, is that the new digital first organizations that are entering healthcare from the Amazons of the world to the heavily funded venture organizations of the world world, to the public teledocs of the world and so forth, they're certainly not waiting to make digital care work. They've had a head start and are moving on this. And so we're finding it's imperative to help educate health systems too about how they can be competitive against those threats as well by thinking of it in this broader, more holistic way. You said it beautifully, Derek, and a lot of it is just education around it's more than just the functionality. To your point, Chris, a bit of a care model redesign. To Derek's point, what are these digital first organizations trying to do? How are they doing it? What are the things that they're not encumbered by that we are? I'll just give one example. They are not encumbered by the same types of fixed costs that healthcare systems are. When you don't have that same encumbrance, you're able to much more flexibly figure out where you want to put your resources and make investments. You're much more readily available to respond to changes in the market, etc. We don't have the luxury of doing that within the current healthcare context. We do cost-based pricing where we have to cover our costs and therefore we have complicated cross-subsidization models and we deliver relatively expensive care because we're trying to cover those fixed costs. One of the ways by which we can start to pare that down is if if we really take a holistic look at our business and the role of digital within it to provide care in a much more variable cost structure way so that we can over time figure out how to restructure that, become more competitive. And what that ultimately also means, it, we have to make some very difficult 
long-term decisions around the pricing of telehealth and the business model that surrounds it and just the pricing of digitally enabled care in general, right? These are just the types of early conversations and education and changes that we need to make in order to truly drive care out of the traditional brick and mortar, which is where our fixed costs largely are, put it in the community, put it in people's homes, be actually patient-centered or person-centered as opposed to sort of internally focused where we're just feeding the beast. This is what digitally enabled care will enable over the longer run. And we're still at the early stages of that. Completely agree. It's interesting. I feel like I've seen others take a run at this type of an approach, not exactly the same, but some similar solutions that exist. Walk me through DexCare feels different. How, right? What is the unique value add here that you're bringing to the table? We work with a lot of health systems now, well beyond Providence. And most health systems now, because of COVID at this point, have some capability in these areas that Sarah and I are talking about here against more at the application or the infrastructure level. But there's definitely capability that we have to help them sort of see the differentiation. If you kind of look at all the things we've talked about here today, organizations typically have lots of capability to do the video visit, as Sarah was mentioning, for example. But it's not an area that we think we or really any organization should be trying to build the best video solution out there because there's a lot of that juice has been sort of squeezed from the orange, if you will. The areas where there's differentiation come into the other areas we talked about. So on the demand generation side, most organizations, large organizations, they have a marketing department and they have programs that they run, digital components where they're doing search marketing and things like that. But there's a difference between running marketing programs and then approaching things in a very kind of merchandising oriented way. And so one thing we didn't mention back in the history of DexCare is that the organization that Sar and I are part of inside of Providence, both the leader and the people in the organization are people that have come from organizations like Amazon and Microsoft and places like that, that had to kind of cut their teeth understanding the merchandising world. And so when we're looking at appointment slots, for example, that allows us to merchandise them in a way that is just different than the way traditional marketing and even traditional digital marketing, if you can kind of envision that, is done really inside of a health system today. It's much more aligned with what an e-commerce leading company would do. So it's really important that health systems get it right. And there just hasn't been enough innovation there yet. And so we're really leaning into that area. All right. That completely makes sense. I think that certainly very clearly illustrates the ways in which there's a little bit of a different value add here that you're bringing to the table. You mentioned, though, earlier the business model of DexCare and kind of how impactful that is, how important that is. Can you walk through what is the business model of DexCare? Yeah, it's a pretty simple and somewhat standard model. And so it's got three components. There's a setup fee component, which we do by service line. That's a one-time fee. And once we got it set up, it takes about 90 days to get the platform integrated because we do integrate deeply into the EMR. Once that's implemented, it's done. Then there's an annual license fee based on kind of size of the organization or the service line. And then depending on the volume that runs through it, there is at times a transaction component as well. Now, often there'll be a trade-off between the license fee and the transaction or the volume component as well, just depending on the objectives of the organization, how they apply their budgets, et cetera. But it's generally those three components sold to the health system. And Sarah, where would you say you're the most focused in on over at Providence in terms of how you're utilizing DexCare at this point? 
So we are part of the group that incubated it through our really close connections and partnership with a couple different groups, but primarily our ambulatory care network, which is the sort of operating division of Providence that is focused a lot on building the assets and capabilities outside of the traditional acute care health system to push care into the community and deliver it to patients in different access channels and things like that. So we've been partnering really closely with the Ambulatory Care Network to ensure that that happens. And we support that now that DexCare will be spinning out and becoming an independent company, we have been working with Derek and his team on launching a new company, especially launching a company out of a not-for-profit healthcare system is no easy feat. And so it's been a labor to get that done and off the ground. So the one thing I'll add to what Derek described is that this is part of an ongoing incubation and innovation model that we have, which is that we focus on problems that the health system is facing. We build where there is no solution in the market that can do what we need it to do and doesn't support the business model in the way that we need it to. And DexCare resulted from one of those sort of business development, business planning processes. And then we create these new companies and spin them out and start all over again. And it's really important so that we can create a sustainability model around innovation, but also get our major problems solved and then work with great entrepreneurs like Derek to continue generating value for their company and in the market when these solutions are being sort of developed and scaled out. And it's by far the most ambitious effort that we've undertaken. And it's been a really exciting kind of journey to help the DexCare team and continue to partner with the internal teams to get it all done. You certainly have a pretty strong track record of success there. And of course, DexCare follows right in the footsteps of some of those previous efforts as well. It's interesting, you know, COVID got brought up there for a moment. And one thing I'm sure we'd all agree on is that over the past year plus now, what we've seen has not necessarily been a huge divergence from the overall trajectory of where we were seeing digital health go. But the pace at which we've now gotten to where we are has kind of accelerated dramatically, I would say. So curious, how has DexCare evolved within that context, really in light of the pandemic? What has that meant for you? I can answer some of that. Sorry, I should definitely add to this because my perspective is I literally joined April 1. So my perspective is jumping into the pandemic and kind of thinking outward from there. Sorry, I can speak to kind of getting to that point. But I will say that you always want to be responsive and adaptable to the market, no matter what business you're in. And this was a situation that forced us to adapt, forced everybody. I mean, we're all adapting now, right? The first few months coming into this, for six months, Sarah and I and, and the leader of the innovation group in Providence, Aaron Martin and others, really spent a lot of time just listening to customers, trying to do our best to figure out where the market was going. And it's how we developed the value proposition that we've talked about here in this operating system model. It was our observation. That's what was needed to actually make these things work, both during the pandemic and even as things calm down. We still think there's going to be 20 to 30 percent of care that's delivered virtually. And most of the kind of industry leaders, thought leaders think the same thing. That's almost like the most challenging number for health systems to deal with, right? Because it's not large enough that you can forego the traditional way of dealing with care, but at the same time, it's 10x what it was pre-pandemic. 
Yeah, I agree completely with what Derek just described. And I think it got a lot more complicated to his point after the pandemic, living in that mixed model. Healthcare lives in so many different mixed models, whether they're payment models or the combination of offline and online. And the degrees of freedom associated with that mixed model are really complex. And it requires the data and the operating systems that Derek has described to be successful in that environment. So I think that's really what it comes down to for us. That's helpful. Moving forward, where do you see Dexcare in the next two to three years? You're going to have this capital in place. How are you going to utilize that towards moving Dexcare forward? Yeah, I'll start, but I'd love, Sara, to add to at the end a topic that we call National Network. So the vision that we've laid out here and what we've talked about today, like all grand visions, requires a lot of work to get there. And if things are going right, you're making progress to that vision, but it can be many, many years in the future until you achieve it. And so the vision we have, I think, is grander than a two to three year vision. I think what we'll be in a couple of years, and you'll see the rapid acceleration in getting there, as we have over the last year, is us increasingly understanding consumer intent, motivation, clinical need, and health system objectives in a very detailed, data-driven way that allows us to get people in the door to the right place and then serviced in a way that really works well for everybody. We know today for our program, when a health system implements it, based on the new patients that come in the door and the efficiencies they gain in the system, that they earn a 30 to 40% return on investment within the first year of using the system. Yeah, I'll just make a couple comments about National Network, which is Dexcare being used and all of the benefit that it can generate for an individual system. Now imagine if you could take the existing supply on the Dexcare platform over an entire national footprint, use our own providers to service our patients as opposed to having to sort of go with external point solution providers, dock in the box kind of thing. So the concept of the National Network is just that. Take Dexcare take the demand generation, the intelligent navigation, and the capacity optimization, in particular, the capacity optimization around matching supply to demand, and give it a national inter-system ability to broker transactions. That's the concept that we're going for with respect to national network that creates a sort of national primary care network. So that's the vision, and it really is going to take the technology as well as the supply spread across the entire country on that same platform to achieve it. Sara, Derek, that was outstanding. I mean, incredibly relevant and I think impactful information for everybody. Hopefully you found it to be a positive experience. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Venture Sprout podcast. If you are a Vizient member and subscribe to our network offering, we encourage you to register to attend our full experience on the new digital frontier as we explore healthcare spinups and NUCOs. This experience includes a thought leadership webinar, additional podcasts featuring the NUCOs and a matchmaking venture summit in the spring. In that summit, we will feature several member spinups and give you the opportunity to have one-on-one connections to explore relationships that could lead to investment opportunities, co-development, and or buying opportunities with these companies. 